Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I had been around 9 to 10 years when this happened. In October of 2006, a mother of two kids that I went to school with, she'd gone missing on one of the bike paths that ran through our town. Initially, the police had suspected that it was her husband, but they ended up finding her body a few yards off the bike path and everything was consistent with three murders that had occurred in the 90s on a bike path in a town 15 minutes from mine. But they had arrested a man for those murders without conclusive evidence, but they believed that they got the guy. Anyways, my story happened about three weeks before this woman went missing. So my dad and I were walking on the same bike path that goes through my town, behind our school, and it was only five minutes from my old house. We always came walking up here with our golden retriever named Aspen. Off of this bike path was a hill, and sometimes we would go down it and walk along the woods towards a meadow. So my dad decided that he was going to take my dog down it so she could run down it a few times, because she likes doing it, and it would give her some, uh, some cardio. Anyways, my dad went down the hill and for whatever reason, I decided to just stay up there. So I'm standing there for a few minutes just looking around when a man with a German Shepherd walks up to me. He starts asking me how I'm doing and if this is my favourite bike path and I answer him and I was a little bit hesitant because I had always been taught stranger danger and all that but I didn't want to be rude and he wasn't coming across as too creepy or anything so I thought everything was okay. While he was talking to me, two women walk by us and he asks if they're my parents. I say no and he asks me if I would like to walk with him and his dog for a bit because he liked talking to me. I started getting pretty nervous about this and I said no obviously and he just kept insisting that I come with him. Finally, my 10 year old head was like, 
This is enough, and I started screaming bloody murder for my dad, and he runs up with my dog while this guy gives my dad a quick look as he's getting to the top of the hill and starts running away with his dog. I'm crying hysterics while my dad is calming me down and calling 911, and one cop who was off duty was near our location, and they came to us and had a few guys on the lookout for this guy. My best description for them, other than the dog, was that he was a bit taller with a beard and dark features, and... They never found the guy. Fast forward a few weeks and this woman goes missing. They end up finding her, get a bunch of DNA evidence, find this guy that lives in a few towns away, and match his DNA with the murders from the 90s and... Yep, it's the same guy. He killed this woman and those other women and he just lived an average life with a wife and kids and everything. No one ever suspected him of doing it and... The guy that they had arrested in the 90s was released and given tons of compensation. When they released the guy's face on TV, you can probably guess who it was, right? None other than the creep who tried to take me on that bike path. It made both my dad and I sick when we saw his picture and we still talk about it from time to time to this day. This happened about five years ago when I was 14 and my sister was 18. My dad is an avid fisherman who loves fishing in the middle of nowhere simply because there aren't any other people around. For this particular fishing trip, he went up to a state park in Georgia a, a couple of hours from where we lived. After about an hour down a mixture of dirt and gravel road, we arrived at a pretty large clearing where we parked. We got out and walked down a hill to a small waterfall with a pool of water at the bottom. But the river before the waterfall was really shallow and the details of the area are kind of important for the story. So, when we arrived we had lunch by the river and we started fishing. We were there for about an hour when I started to get bored and went back up to the car that was parked nearby for some water. On my way back to my dad, I noticed a man standing just behind the tree line of the clearing about 30 feet from our car. Thinking it was a bit weird, I, I hurried back to my dad and I told him. By the time I told him, we all looked back and the guy was already standing above us on the top of the hill. This man also gave us all just a, a really weird vibe from the start. He was in his late 20s and stood at about 6 foot. He wasn't an overly broad person, but he was far taller than my dad. He was dressed in a, an army uniform, although it, uh, it honestly looked like a Halloween costume. The most noticeable part about him, though, was the machete that he was holding. My dad, remaining calm, started to strike up a conversation with him and asked if he was fishing here too. But the man just stared at us for about a minute before answering that he was waiting for his friends to come by in a boat so that he could pick them up. Now, mind you... He had no car with him, no trailer, and he was at the base of a waterfall, which all obviously raised suspicions for us. My dad at this point was obviously very concerned, even though he kept very calm, and while chatting to the guy just about arbitrary things, he was slowly packing up all of our stuff and putting himself between the man and his children. The man didn't actually respond much and just kind of stood there, really twitchy and restless. In about 20 minutes, too, my dad managed to move us slowly up the hill and back to our car. When we started making motions to leave, however, 
the man started getting aggressive. He suddenly started talking about his time in the military and how his high school sweetheart left him for another person. His eyes got really wild after mentioning his ex-girlfriend and he turned his attention to my sister. He started yelling about how women were awful and would always be unworthy of a man's attention, all while leering at my sister and stabbing the ground repeatedly with his machete. At this point, my dad decided that we needed to go and motioned for my sister and I to just get in the car before he followed and locked the doors. We got out of there in a hurry as the guy just watched us leave before going back into the trees. This guy has actually become a bit of a joke in our family as we dubbed him Machete Man, but that experience, it will always stick with me. My dad admits too that that was the one time where he truly wished he had a gun because his only weapon at the time was a pair of measly scissors. Alright, so uh, a little disclaimer first. As a medical professional in the emergency field, I, I get to see a lot of mental illness when treating my patients. All of us do, in fact. And sometimes I, I cannot help but be a, a little bit spooked by what some people say or do. I keep a straight face and treat everyone with the utmost respect, but I still can't help but feel a little creeped out. This happened approximately one year ago. My partner and I respond to a residence for a child, not acting right. Entering this family's home, this approximately seven-year-old boy was sitting on the couch in no obvious distress. He was looking around, acting normally, talking with his family. The boy's mother states that the boy has been seeing and talking to his recently deceased grandfather, and that she would like for him to be taken to the hospital since these happenings are not getting any better. Naturally, I lead the boy and his mother out to the ambulance, and we all sit on the back so that I can get a full set of vital signs. But for those interested, all vital signs were normal, including blood sugar and temperature and everything. As I'm taking the boy's vital signs and asking him questions... He takes his eyes off me and looks towards the back windows. All of a sudden, the boy smiles like he sees someone familiar and he waves at whatever it was. The boy says that I was hoping you'd find me here, sit next to me, and he points to me and I feel the hair on the back of my neck stand straight up. Now, in between what seemed like casual conversation between the boy and this imaginary person, I was asking the boy questions about what was being said. But what does your friend look like? What is he saying? And he doesn't answer me. Finally, I ask, can I talk to him? And all conversation stops and it just gets really quiet. The boy looks scared now and he says, no, please just leave him alone. He's just curious. The boy looks over at me and says, no, he doesn't want to talk to you. He says that he hates you. The boy looks back over at the empty seat next to me and nods his head like he was agreeing with what was being said. I look over at the boy's mother like, what the heck, and her eyes are huge with fear. Finally, the boy says, Grandpa, why do your eyes glow like that? Oh, okay, bye, see you later. The ambulance started its transport to the hospital at that time, and the boy looked back over at me and didn't say one more thing to the invisible person and it was like all normal conversation from here on out when asked about his imaginary friend too he just said that oh it's just my grandpa and he said that he couldn't go any further 
You'd say the darndest things, hey? Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Back in the day, I worked long shifts in which we would rotate through different dorm rooms every day if needed. Some days we were able to sleep, and some days there would be no sleep at all. During this event, I had not been able to sleep for at least two days in a row, and finally, after a long day, I made my way up the stairs to the dorm room. There were five dorm rooms in the area, all complete with a twin bed, bedside table, and closet. The closest four were always used before the last one located way in the back of the old building. Unfortunately for me... I was staff member number five that night, and also the last one person to get a room. I entered the room though, and closed the door, and hopped on the creaky old bed, and sleep happened immediately. All of a sudden though, I, I woke up in the middle of the night at some stage. I was completely paralyzed to the point of almost not being able to breathe. My head was facing towards the old wooden door entering the room, and the door started to creak open very slowly. A tall, dark, white figure entered the room, and the figure appeared to have some sort of a, a big black cloak. A hood was covering its head, too, and it moved to the corner of the room and started resonating a, a slow, low-toned chuckle. In the darkness, I could see that it was bearing a wide, white smile. And, and then it said, finally, someone knew. And it started coming toward me, continuing to chuckle, and... I could feel it lay on top of me, making it even more difficult to breathe. It felt so heavy and cold on top of me, and I could even feel the sharp black fabric on the back of my neck and arms. My heart was racing so fast at this point, and finally, after what felt like forever, it got off the top of me and stood back up, and it walked back through the open door, whispering, come back soon, ultimately disappearing from sight. I woke up that morning thinking, 
That was the most messed up and realistic dream that I've ever had in my life. I looked up towards the door and I realized something. The door? It was open. Rationalizing it with myself, I, I assumed that uh, maybe somebody opened it last night by accident or something. I walked downstairs and I just made myself some coffee. One of the other employees made their way into the kitchen and sat down at the table and I told her about my crazy nightmare or sleep paralysis episode or whatever the heck it was and as I progressed through my story, the look on her face became just more and more concerned. Finally, when I finished my story, she explained to me that the same exact thing happened to her in the same room a month prior. She described the dark figure perfectly from the black cloak with the hood to the wide, white Cheshire-ish smile. Finally, uh, another older employee entered the kitchen and he had overheard some of the conversation prior and he filled up a cup of coffee and sat down at the table and he said, So you found out why nobody sleeps in the old room? We've all made that mistake once. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I used to be in foster care, and I went to this program that helped foster youth with employment and GEDs and whatnot. I normally took the bus to go to my customer service class, but missed it by a few minutes, so I decided to walk, and I'd done it before with no complications, so I didn't think it was a big deal. As I was walking, I noticed a young man walking down the street across from me, staring at me as he made his way down the sidewalk. He even turned his head to watch me as I passed him, so I was feeling a little bit creeped out at this point. Anyway, I, I started to walk faster because I was starting to feel really uneasy, and the building was about an hour or so away, and I thought that he would just continue walking, but he actually crossed the street to walk on my side of the sidewalk and started following me. I decided to call my boyfriend at the time so I would have someone on the phone with me, but he wasn't able to answer. I kept walking, hoping that he would eventually just go away and leave me alone, but man, was I wrong. I had to stop at a red light, and by this time, the man had caught up with me, and he forcefully and aggressively grabbed my rear. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, Hey baby girl, how you doing? I felt like I wanted to throw up and I remember getting really angry and spinning around to face him and I said, don't ever touch me again you creep. The light turned green and I basically started jogging away from this weirdo and he just kept following me. I pulled out my phone again to call one of my friends this time and asked her to stay on the phone with me and there was a small tunnel that I had to walk through coming up and this is where I started to feel really scared because I would no longer be visible to the public and I still had this weirdo following me. And after I exited the tunnel, the guy practically ran up behind me and pinned me against the wall, rubbing himself against my butt. I remember screaming at the top of my lungs for him to let me go and squirming around like a fish out of water before he finally released me and just threw his hands up in defeat before walking away. 
My friend was on the phone the whole time this happened and I informed her that I was going to call the police. As they were questioning me, they informed me that they had had the same incident reports from multiple different women describing the same man. He was arrested and I'm not sure if he's out now or not because I moved out of state. This happened around four or five years ago and it still gives me the creeps when I think about it and I give you my word that it's true. So I was on my way home from the football in the city with a couple of friends and our night finished up and we hopped on the train back to the burbs. I saw off my buddies as they all live on stops before me and I'm the last along the line in our group and my house is in between stations and it's pretty much directly in the middle so it's a reasonable 20 minute walk home either way. This night I decided to walk home along the beachside nature track and it's like a, a 50 to 100 meter wide, couple of kilometers long, untouched nature reserve that runs parallel to the train tracks. And I did it to get a bit of a nature fix, even though it was a bit of a windy night. So I'm a couple of hundred meters in and I'm suddenly aware that I can hear masses of what just sounded like loud conversations swirling around me. A lot like being in a crowded room and hearing a lot, but not being able to pick up on anything, if you know what I mean. But the problem is, is that there was absolutely no one around, and it's about one in the morning, so I stop in my tracks and stand still to focus and strain my ears, and I look up at the sky, and as I'm watching, the trees sway heavily in front of me, and I'm focused hard and notice that the conversation seems to be amongst the trees, and it's getting louder too. As soon as I come to this realization, the wind stops and the trees just come to a complete still halt. Well, the hairs on the back of my neck come up at the unnatural stillness as I make out a high voice amongst the trees through the silence and they say, hey, this one can hear us. Well, after that, I had had enough and I bolted home without my feet touching the ground. I take the roadway home these days and on a side note, unrelated or not, this part of the train line between stations is known as the suicide bend of our line and there's been so many that uh, I've honestly lost count. A side note too is that uh, I'm still unsure if uh, these things or energies or whatever the heck it was are related to the activity that I've experienced in my house for years now. So two days ago, I was with my friends at a party, everything was going well, and it was a bit boring for me because I can't actually drink, I have stomach problems, but nevertheless we had some fun, left the party early, and went to a friend's house to chill. After a couple of minutes, I, I heard some of his friends came in to join us. Several hours passed, and because it was getting very late, I actually wanted to leave to go home, and some friends of his decided to take me home in the car, and before we reached the car, we saw several men out in front of the car, many who obviously looked drunk, but I wasn't expecting any kind of trouble, so as I walked past the car to get to the back seat, waiting for the owner to let me in, a, a man approached me from that group and told him to get inside the house because he was needed by someone. It appeared to me that the owner knew this guy because he did exactly that without opening the car or telling me anything. I just kind of stood there for a couple of seconds and then decided to walk back into the house to see if he's still willing to take me home or if I should just go home on my own. 
I actually had my driver's license suspended due to an accident a few years ago. So I went into the house and couldn't see the owner anywhere and said goodbye again to some friends while I was thinking of my journey home because the public transport at that hour doesn't really work. It was about 4am I think. I live in Eastern Europe by the way and I don't know if in the US the public transport system differs. But in that same time a, a man that was outside apparently walks in the house with two more guys and it actually catches my attention this time. He had medium brown darkish hair, slim with loose clothes, very common looking. That wasn't the thing that caught my attention. But when he entered the house, I, I just had this strong feeling coming from him that I just can't describe that well. He looked at me and he had dark brown glossy eyes and didn't say anything, but then he started moving around and like nobody was noticing him, even the two boys that went with him. And that's when I realized that his movements were just so unnatural or weird. The feeling that I had was not fear though, like you'd be scared of the unknown, like ghosts or demons or the dark or a horror movie or something, but this was a feeling that I had a few times when someone died or saw something really graphic and gore related. Kind of like a really dark disgust and my brain just rewired in a way, like I suffered a, a real psychological trauma or something. Anyway... He looked at me intensely, which at the time seemed uh, like a really long period, and I just couldn't move. I now remember opening my mouth halfway and just kind of staring back at him, eyes wide open, and fixated my vision at him, but didn't want to make eye contact with his eyes. Subconsciously, for some weird reason, I, I think I told myself not to look, and he never spoke a word, and nobody else ever acknowledged him. He just went straight for the door after making those rounds in the house and for a second he just stood under the door entrance and turned his head again to look at me. And he was completely pale white and in a way that just kind of evoked the same feeling in me as before. And then he just left. I tried to gather myself and tell myself that there was nothing wrong and that the person was just someone my friend knew and just came into the house and it was just kind of coincidental that nobody noticed him. I honestly forgot about the whole thing while I was outside walking in the freezing snow, feeling sleepy and tired until I saw him again near a closed travel agency building and he was ahead of me, leaning against the glass walls. He didn't seem to notice me, but I knew then that it was definitely him. I switched sides on the sidewalk to get some distance and with one eye looking over in his direction. He noticed me halfway and kind of smiled shortly and I couldn't see his face better because of the snow and the distance but I noticed his mouth was a, a deep red, almost bloody and after I saw that I, I picked up the pace worrying that he might follow but he just stood there and shortly after I was out of range and I was on my way home. Now, I tend to smoke a lot and I had this irrational fear when I got home and I lit up some cigarettes with my window open and I thought that someone might come in and I was thinking of him specifically, though I, I do live in an apartment on the 15th floor. But nothing happened of course and eventually I, I went to sleep and that was it. To this day though, I remember vividly the same feelings I had when I encountered this man and I just can't shake it up. I know that this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I guess the only one word that comes to mind when I think of him is a, a sort of vampire. 
Though, strangely enough, it's not from any book or fiction or myth that I know of. But that's honestly kind of what he looked like. I could tell myself that this is nothing out of the ordinary, but the experience that I went through was anything but ordinary. It's kind of hard to explain why this whole situation was so odd, but the fact that he walked around the house and everyone just kind of ignored him and no one even saw him was just weird. And then walking past him and him having all this blood on his mouth? I can't ignore that and subconsciously I've given it all credence. So there's this house on a corner from where I grew up. This house first came on my radar after my parents had divorced when I was around 9 years old. My dad would pick my brother and I up every weekend and drop us off on Sunday nights. And one Sunday night, he made a comment as we passed by the house that every time I drive by that house, it looks exactly the same. I was confused and we had pretty much passed it before I could take a look, but he explained that the curtains are in the same spot, the porch light is always on and nobody is ever in the driveway. That next weekend, we actually drove past the house and for the first time, I saw it. Ordinary looking 90 single story home, the curtains were open on the only front window, porch light was on. So, for years as I grew up and my dad took us back to my mum's, I would always check the house to see if there was ever something different. Fast forward to me turning 16 and acquiring a license and it was an amazing time and I drove my car everywhere as first time drivers do and feeling nostalgic, I drove back to our old house where my mom and my brother and I lived. But the divorce really impacted me too and I wanted to see our old house where we were once a family. I also wanted to see where my dad picked us up and dropped us off. So I passed the strange house and continued my ritual and... I was blown away. After all these years, it was still exactly the same. One weekend, I gathered my high school buddies and uh, we did some uh, some toilet papering. I told my friends about the weird house and uh, we went and toilet papered it too. This is the first time that I got to look at it up close too. At first glance through the window, you could see a cross on the wall and a dark green sofa and a grandfather clock. We toilet papered it until a car passed by the main road and then we just split. I went back with one of my friends who toilet papered it with me and the TP was pretty much gone by this point. The house still looked the same though. No car and no TP. So someone definitely lives there or the neighbours cleaned it up or something. Fast forward to my 20s and I started dating a girl who I grew up with. Well, my commute to her place is this house too and... It's still exactly the same. So, I pull over and I do something incredibly stupid. I get out of my car and I walk up to the house and ring the doorbell. I figured I could tell them how their house has been a, an ongoing joke with my dad and my friends and I wanted to just clear the air with them. Across the street I hear a door shut and I turn around. The neighbour across the street beelines towards me and meets me at the porch of this strange house and says, Can I help you? Confused, I explained to him the story and he seemed to be looking around funny at me and at the house and at his surroundings, as if he wasn't even really listening to me. He seemed like a, a rough blue collar kind of guy and reeked of booze and 
he said, while nobody's home. That's literally all he said to me too, and then he just walked back to his house or driveway, got in his red pickup, and just drove off. At my girlfriend's, I told her the story of the house and about the guy, and even she thought it was pretty odd. My girlfriend and I did the deed, and I left her place at 3am exhausted, and I rolled the windows down and blasted some red hot chili peppers, as one does in their 20s, and I noticed a car behind me, and we were entering a residential area, so I turned down the music, and it's a, a red truck. And my heart skips a beat, and I make some weird turns, and it was definitely following me. So I jump on the freeway, and eventually I, I lose him. I swore never to go anywhere near that house ever again, but I was angry, and I had questions. So I gathered my buddy from high school and we stalked the crap out of it for hours and we started Saturday at 3pm and around 9pm that guy in the red truck just walks across the street, unlocks the front door of the strange house, sits on the dark green couch and stared at the window as he seemed to be talking or something. He then disappears into the house, the garage door opens minutes later and he walks out of the house with more people than he walked in with and... They get into a car parked on the street and drive away. The neighbor guy then locks up the house and goes across the street into his house and that was pretty much it. But I had so many questions like, was this a halfway house? A brothel? I wasn't sure. The house still looks the same from the looks of Google Images and I still have no closure and it, uh, it just really bothers me because it feels strange. Like... There's something going on in that house. Anyway, there's definitely human trafficking here, and this is a state near the border. It's about um, 40 or 50 miles away from the border, I'd say. However, I don't feel like this theory carries much weight. The people who walked out with the neighbor were all adult white men, and they all seemed pretty geeky, almost dad-like. I'd like to suspect that this was possibly a place for some sort of AA meetings or possibly some sort of group or business being operated out of a home or something. Maybe that's why the neighbour was so unpleasant as he wanted to keep it low-key to possibly avoid legally running a business or something for reasons such as taxes, licences, regulations and so on. But the whole place just has this really eerie vibe about it. But what are your thoughts? Oh, and uh, P.S., as far as the toilet papering goes, I was a teenager, and I think we all do some pretty stupid and pretty awkward things in high school, right? Honesty and integrity is everything, and I straightened out my act as I matured and worked as a firefighter, a paramedic, and contributed to society. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that for those who are worried that I might be TPing other places. But thanks for listening. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family, and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.